0: Greetings, everyone. I'm Jeffrey K. Lyons, and it's Tuesday, January the 23rd, 2024, and this is Narrative Wars. The mainstream media are losing their minds after years of slander and gaslighting propaganda. President Trump easily won at the recent Republican Presidential Caucus in Iowa. The Wall Street Journal is losing readership and influence and the new editor-in-chief thinks she knows why. American citizens are being actively surveilled by the federal government. How does this weaponization of the nation's intelligence gatherers turn against their own citizens? All of this on today's episode of Narrative Wars. I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons, and you don't want to miss this. we the people of sick and tired. Hey. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars, with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired, so tired. folks, I've been reading the Getter chat for Narrative Wars and I'm hearing what the listeners are saying. Basically what they're saying is fun and games, time is over. We are in a narrative war right now, a spiritual battle for the heart and the soul of America. We're in a presidential election year, and in case you're a new listener or even a longtime listener, I am all in for President Trump. We've got to get out and vote, and we've got to show our support for President Trump. The alternative is another 10 to 20 million illegals flooding into the United States and the entire country turning into an apocalyptic uh, landscape, which looks like San Francisco and other Democrat-controlled cities around the country. The alternative to Trump is a borderless, economically depressed vision of the United States, which mimics Venezuela or some other Marxist dictatorship. In 2019, I was in the battle of my life against stage 2 cancer, I was treated and I've been cancer-free for four years now. During that time, I asked God, why am I still on this earth? I believe this program is part of the reason I'm still here. Listening to the Narrative Wars Posse and doing everything we can to open up the alternative podcasting and social media sources for news and information is critical to restoring the American dream. The legacy media are dying and they're in a panic because Donald J. Trump had the courage to call them fake news back in 2016. Now be encouraged, 2024 is gonna be a fantastic year. Turning now to our first story, we're going to start the program off with actually two stories that point to the same conclusion. The mainstream media are losing their minds because Trump is winning, and he will become the 2024 Republican presidential candidate for the White House. Now, this first piece features Rachel Maddow, and she was covering the Iowa caucus results, but she just couldn't say Trump. She, the Trump derangement syndrome had taken a hold of her. She justifies how her network intentionally censored Donald Trump's Iowa victory speech let's take a listen to this it's 39 seconds uh, this is cut 1a of course there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former president trump it is not out of spite it is not a decision that we relish it is a decision that we
1: regularly revisit um, and honestly earnestly it is not an easy decision but There is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. That is a fundamental truth of our business and who we are. And so his remarks tonight will not air here live. We will
0: monitor them um, and let you know about any news that he makes. Well, we're just going to have to call it right here for what it is, because it is out of spite and it is an easy decision uh, for MSLSD to censor President Trump. So, yeah, we're going to have to call a flag on the field right here. Uh, yeah, okay, she's lying. Now, Rachel Maddow admits that she doesn't want uncensored live speech From Donald Trump to be broadcast. She states, if something newsworthy or important occurs, we'll let you know. Well, the translation of that is, well, the audience is made up of morons who should not be allowed to hear unedited content from Trump. We, the news media, we are the gatekeepers and the arbiters of truth. And you need to only listen to us. You need to only listen to our biased reporting of what Trump says. Finally, Matt and her colleagues at MSNBC, they want to cherry-pick Trump quotes. Of course they do. Because that will display or highlight, showcase Trump in a negative light. So this is why they won't let Trump speak unfiltered, Because they've got egg all over their face. So what they want to do is they're going to tape it and then they're going to cherry pick quotes and then they're going to frame those quotes in a negative light. This is the NSNBC retribution against Trump for calling the legacy media fake news. And for that, they get a flag on the field. All right, we're going to move on to another piece here. Ron DeSantis announces that he's ceasing his run for the White House. And of course, mainstream media can't stand this because they really wanted Ron DeSantis to knock out Trump. Didn't happen. Let's take a listen to this. This is 22 seconds. Uh, This is... Part of a press release, a video press release that DeSantis put out over X. This was done on January 21st, 2024. Let's take a listen uh, to this, cut number 1B.
1: Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time, and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign.
0: Ron DeSantis did the right thing. He suspended his campaign. Basically, he ran out of money, ran out of momentum, and it was very clear that he didn't have any path forward. So we appreciate and we thank Ron DeSantis for stepping aside and also for endorsing President Donald J. Trump, who will become the next president of the United States in 2024. Now, I don't have time to play this other piece, but there was a piece, CBS News, January 22nd, 2024, and it covered what we just heard, okay? We put up the original source material. We're always going to go back to the original source material as much as we can. You can listen to the full cut. And it's about four minutes, a little less than five minutes on Twitter. Links are in the show notes. But CBS News covered this. Also, there's a link in the show notes to the CBS piece. We don't have time to play that. But basically, all they did was talk about Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, the only competition left in the Republican nomination. So CBS News just losing it because... One, Vivek stepped aside. He did that the day after the Iowa caucus. And now Ron DeSantis, he stepped aside on January 21st, 2024. Which means, that's right, there's only two people. There is only President Donald J. Trump and Nikki Haley. So, also notable, CBS News pushes DeSantis as the VP running mate. That's just not going to happen. Trump does not work with people that are disloyal. Trump helped DeSantis to become governor of the state of Florida. And he was extremely disappointed when DeSantis turned around and ran against him for president and basically stabbed him in the back. So that's just not going to happen. So CBS, you're out of touch. That's not going to happen. So in this CBS News piece, Nikki Haley is pumped and pumped big time. Because she's the only person left in the race. Vivek uh, dropped out uh, the day after the Iowa caucus, after just getting trounced uh, at uh, the number four position. And then, of course, Ron DeSantis, we just heard, he stepped out of the race for the president on January 21st, 2024. So it only leaves Nikki Haley and President Trump. That's it. And that was pretty quick after only one caucus. Now, CBS is pushing for DeSantis uh, to become the VP running mate, and uh, that's just not going to happen. The reality check is that Trump will never pick DeSantis as VP. That's not going to happen. DeSantis has not been loyal. He turned around and stabbed Trump in the back after Trump endorsed him uh, to become the next governor of the state of Florida. And we saw this also with VP Mike Pence stabbing Trump in the back. So Trump puts a high value on loyalty. And when people are disloyal, that's it. Uh, You know, your persona non grata. Moving right along to this next piece, we're going to turn to a fascinating sort of a behind the scenes look at how the mainstream legacy media works or thinks they work, because there was a very revealing disclosure that took place. And I don't know if she wanted this to get out or not, but speaking at the World Economic Forum's annual Davos meeting, editor-in-chief of the Wall Street Journal, Emma Tucker. Now, she's the new editor-in-chief of Wall Street Journal, and she ascended to that position in 2023. She laments in this Piece that we're going to listen to the death of public trust in the mainstream media, and so it's it's pretty interesting because the the uh, theme of the World Economic uh, Forum uh, meetings that took place just a week ago was rebuilding trust, and this is exactly what she's talking about. So let's take a listen to this piece, and we'll continue to discuss. Uh, This is 22 seconds, and this is the new editor-in-chief, Emma Tucker, of Wall Street Journal. And she's sitting around in a forum talking to other elitists at the World Economic Forum. Let's listen to this. Cut number two. If you go back really not, not that long ago, as I say... We kind of, we owned the news. We were
1: the gatekeepers, and we very much owned the facts as well. If it said it in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, then that was a fact. Nowadays, people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news, and they're much more questioning about what we're saying. So it's no longer good enough for us just to say, this is what happened, or "Here's, here's this is the news. We have to explain, our, almost like explain our working. So readers expect to understand how we source stories. They want to know um, uh, how we go about getting stories. They, we have to sort of lift the bonnet, as it were, and in a way that newspapers you know, aren't used to doing and explain to people what we're doing. We need to be much more transparent about how we go about collecting the news.
0: So this is fascinating. And this is Narrative Wars. What she's saying is not long ago, we owned the news. We were the news. If we put it in print in the Wall Street Journal, it was news. It was newsworthy. You must pay attention to us. She says, we're losing that. We're losing the narrative is what she's saying. And we need to regain that. The other thing that's interesting is she's not even American. The Wall Street Journal is an American publication, but of course it was bought out by News Corp a number of years ago, and that is Rupert Murdoch and the Murdoch Media Empire. They own it. And of course, Murdoch is Australian, but she's worked, Emma Tucker has worked for News Corp on the other side of the pond in London for some time. So she was brought in and we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens and we'll see if she's going to Bud Light, the place. Already people have been uh, quitting because they don't like the changes that she's making. So Emma Tucker was hired by Wall Street Journal in October of 2023 by News Corp to turn things around. As I mentioned, she's British and newspapers all over the United States are now losing and have been for quite some time. They've been losing money and Wall Street Journal is no exception. Now this article is from the New York Times. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read uh, portions of a New York Times article that is very timely, uh, that speaks to what's going on. It's interesting because early on, when uh, Emma took over at the Wall Street Journal, there was a staff meeting. And of course, people were very nervous. A number of people had already quit, resigned. They didn't like the changes that were happening. And one of the um, employees of the Wall Street Journal, they taped the meeting, and then they went over to the competition, the New York Times, with the tape of the meeting. I don't know if that person still has a job. We don't know who that person is. But here's what came out of that meeting that was secretly taped. Many writers were unnerved at that meeting. Uh, Not happy with Emma Tucker, the new editor-in-chief of the Wall Street Journal, uh, at least. And this was written back in October 5th, so I'm sure more have left since then. But as of October 5th of 2023, 15 veteran editors, writers, had left the paper for various reasons. They want to push a digital audience more and... uh, That's no surprise. And they say that they're heavy with men uh, that uh, read the journal and older men. Again, we used to own the news. You see the arrogance there? We were important. What is she saying? There's something wrong with the public if they don't look at us as the arbiters of truth, as, as the beacon of truth in the United States. And, uh, well, people are saying, no, we're going to turn to alternative sources of media. We're going to turn to uh, social media. We're going to turn to podcasting. We're going to turn to uh, sources like Rumble and uh, get away from uh, even YouTube, who's censoring. Uh, We're going to get away from those sources. And uh, we're just going to say that, um, you know, you can't tell us what to do and you can't tell us how to to think. Turning now to the Narrative Wars conversation on Getter. Commenting on last week's meeting in Davos, Switzerland of the World Economic Forum, Sumo 59 writes in the Getter chat for Narrative Wars, quote, all those rich jerks think they should control everything. We must stop them and the idiot politicians pushing their lies, unquote. Well, I think Sumo 59's comments sum up what a lot of Americans are thinking. Why should an unelected group of European old money billionaires be allowed to plot to take over the world? And why should any of our politicians in the United States participate in the destruction of America by even attending the World Economic Forum meetings in Davos, Switzerland. Well, you can add your voice to the conversation that stands for liberty and the freedoms that Americans hold so dearly. Join us on social media on both Getter, that's G-E-T-T-R, and Truth Social. Just search for at Jeffrey K. Lyons—that's Lyons with a Y—and I enjoy receiving your feedback and reading some of your comments on the air. Again, you can follow us on Getter or True Social. Just search for at Jeffrey K. Lyons. And when you listen to us on your favorite podcasting app, please five star rate, follow, and send our podcast link to one or two like-minded friends. And keep in mind, we have been shadow banned in 2023 so this is how we spread the word and get it out there again if you enjoy this program share the link with one or two like-minded friends this week we really appreciate that that's how we continue to expand the narrative wars posse you are the reason why we do this program and now let's continue The federal government allegedly flagged online purchases and payments for potential terrorism and extremism. This includes searches for keywords like Trump and MAGA, and even extended to purchases of religious books. So if you did a search online for the word Trump, if you did a search online for the word MAGA, in some instances you could have been tracked. And if you purchased a religious book, like a Bible, you could have been tracked. This is coming out from Representative Jim Jordan, Republican Ohio, of the House Judiciary Committee, issued a letter detailing the allegations of political and religious surveillance that is currently taking place. Now, here's a piece in the Epic Times that reported on, on this. And we're going to take a listen to this piece right now. This is cut number 3A. Alright
1: folks, the federal government allegedly flagged online purchases and payments for potential terrorism and extremism. And this ser- this included any searches for keywords like Trump or MAGA and it even extended to purchases of religious books. Representative Jim Jordan of the House Judiciary Committee and also through the Weaponization of Government Committee issued a letter detailing the allegations on political and religious surveillance allegedly being carried out right now as we speak. Let me show you what he said on X. He wrote, We now know the federal government flagged terms like MAGA and Trump to financial institutions if Americans completed transactions with those terms. He says what was flagged, what was also flagged? If you bought a religious text like a Bible or shopped at Bass Pro Shop.
0: So this is fascinating. If you shopped at Cabela's or Dick's Sporting Goods or Bass Pro Shops, They were flagging people along with buying a religious text like a Bible. Now, why is this? Why is the FBI suddenly concerned about this? In light of these revelations, Chairman Jim Jordan, Republican Ohio, has requested transcribed interviews from Peter Sullivan, the senior private sector partner for outreach in the strategic partner engagement section of the FBI. And Noah Bishop, former director of the Office of Stakeholder Integration and Engagement in the Strategic Operations Division of the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. So, this is really getting serious, folks. Let's continue with this. Where did this come from? Well, we're going to have to roll back the clock. You know, why are they looking at purchases? In sporting goods stores, why is the FBI tracking people who buy Bibles? Let's turn the clock back. 2008, at that time, Barack Obama was still competing against Hillary Clinton. He had not been selected as the presidential candidate for the Democrat Party in the upcoming campaign. So in the 2008 campaign, uh, Obama was taped... uh, and he didn't know he was being taped, but he was being taped, and this is the famous uh, clinging to guns speech. Now, the audio is pretty nasty. Uh, keep in mind, this is a bootleg recording. It's kind of bounced all over the internet, so the audio is uh, not very good, but I think you'll be able to make it out. We'll be talking about it on the other side. Uh, the circumstances that this was recorded are quite fascinating but this uh, recording from 2008 it helps to explain what's going on and why the weaponization of government is taking place against american citizens in 2024 let's listen to this this is cut number three b when you go into some of these small towns in in pennsylvania a lot like a lot of small towns in the
1: midwest yeah the jobs have been gone now for 25 years and nothing's replaced it. And they've gone through the Clinton administration and the Bush administration, and each successive administration has said that somehow these communities are going to regenerate, and they have not. So it's not surprising them that they get better and they cling to guns or religion or uh, antipathy towards people who aren't like them, or anti-humanism, or...
0: Anti-trade sentiment. and a way to explain their frustrations. So Obama was caught back in 2008, and this was at a Democrat fundraiser. And he said in that piece, "They get bitter. They cling to guns or religion or antipathy to people who aren't like them, or anti-immigrant sentiment or anti-trade sentiment." as a way to explain their frustrations. Now, Hillary Clinton was hoping that this would take Obama out of the race. That didn't happen. Now, how did this recording even come out? Interesting that the Huffington Post uh, ran an experiment in citizen journalism, and it was called Off the Bus, and apparently they had about 1,800 unpaid researchers out there recording and observing and writing articles And this came in through that effort. One of those writers was Mayhill Fowler, and she broke this story, although she held on to it for a while uh, because she didn't know what to do. She was an Obama advocate. She was an Obama supporter. But this story eventually came out. So these comments were made at a fundraising event in San Francisco on April the 6th, 2008. So rolling the clock forward again to 2024, and we're going to tie these two pieces together. So just hold on. We're going to tie the two together. Why is the Biden administration spying on American citizens that purchase firearms, Bibles, and MAGA paraphernalia, such as hats and T-shirts? Part of the justification is what we just heard. Obama gave the marching orders in this speech back in 2008. And what did he say? Well, let's go down the list. Guns, guns bad. Well, we all know that the Democrats do not believe in the Second Amendment, but it was right there in the Obama speech, go after the guns. So they're tracking bass outlet, dicks, sporting goods. Cabela's, places where guns are sold. And now we've covered this story in earlier podcasts. The credit card companies now have a new transaction code if you purchase guns or gun supplies. And so they can directly track you if you make a purchase. Religion. Companies and bookstores that sell Bibles are being tracked. Why? Why? Because Obama said it. Track these people. People that cling to guns and religion, they don't back Democrats. They're not going to back me. So you got to track them. Immigration, he mentioned. Well, there's a problem with these MAGA people. They look unfavorably towards immigration. What's happening right now at the Texas border? Well, Governor Abbott is trying to defend the border and protect the citizens of the state of Texas. But right here in this speech in 2008, Obama was targeting immigration and he was pro-open borders. How about disdain towards people in small towns? Oh yeah, you can hear it in this speech. He talks about small blue class working town communities, They've lost their jobs. Those jobs went away 25 years ago. Doesn't sound like he's trying to bring people into the fold, into the Democrat fold. Sounds more that he's pedagogically lecturing these people, demeaning these people, and speaking down to them. It's not their fault that industry changed. but one of the brilliant things about the American concept is Americans are always coming up with new ideas and reinventing themselves. Look, when the horse as the main use of transportation went out of business, what did people do? They retooled themselves and they learned new skills. You know, you didn't have millions of people that uh, used to change the horseshoes on horses out of business and in unemployment lines They retrained and they found a new way to make a living. And this is what Americans do. This is what Americans have always done. So again, where did Obama give this speech? He gave this speech in the belly of the beast in San Francisco. And we all know that San Francisco is a shining, woke city in the Democrat pantheon. And now, a few closing comments. There's a famous passage that says, there's a reason for everything. And it concludes by saying, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. You might know what passage I'm referring to. And that was also a part of a song that was sung by the birds. Turn, turn, turn. Make no mistake, we're currently in a narrative war. This is fifth generation warfare. We are living in the novel 1984 now, at this time where thought crime is now being labeled as misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation. So let's break this down these three terms. Misinformation is information that's inaccurate and not factual. An example of this would be false attribution of a speech or soundbite in the news. Disinformation is information that's intentionally false and intended to deceive. So this would fall into the category of propaganda. PsyOps could also be included in this category. An example of this would be to proclaim that human beings with male reproductive systems can gestate and give birth to children. And the final term in this sort of trifecta of information wars and narrative wars is malinformation. Malinformation is a term that perhaps you're not familiar with, but which I've recently encountered and it really does a great job of describing what is happening right now in the United States of America. Malinformation is the most disturbing of these terms. Malinformation is true and accurate information, but the result is that the truth bothers someone or it hurts someone's feelings. An example of this would be sharing the truth that there are many people who have chosen to detransition after receiving gender-affirming care. It's a fact. It's true. I intended a rally in the past. Chloe Cole was speaking there, and I was there in person, and she was speaking about detransitioning. She was born female. She went through gender transformation, taking drugs and having certain surgery, trying to become male, and then subsequently, she de-transitioned and went back to becoming female. And I attended a speech that was out in the open in a public square, and she was just trying to tell her story, and there were people there that were absolutely losing their minds. For one, it looked like they were on drugs. They were dancing around and their eyes were glossed over and a lot of them had masks and, and they were making as much noise as they could just to drown her out. And all she was doing was telling the truth about how she transitioned from female to male and then transitioned back or detransitioned back to female, which is what she was at birth and they didn't want to hear that. Perfect example of malinformation. It was hurting their feelings. Gee, why don't they just go out and have pizza somewhere else instead of uh, showing up and making a lot of noise? Well, because these crazies aren't satisfied with disagreeing with a point of view. They have to shut down your point of view, and they did everything they could to shut down Chloe Cole's First Amendment right to free speech. At Narrative Wars, we're committed to the alternative news source and alternative media community. We're not afraid to share malinformation, Information which is true and accurate, but it might hurt somebody's feelings. For example, we're not afraid to say that there are two biological sexes, male and female. We're not afraid to say that Riley Gaines is accurate in declaring that biological men participating in women's sports is destroying NCAA women's sports. And we're not afraid to say that there's a growing body of evidence, including the movie 2,000 Mules by Dinesh D'Souza. This growing body of evidence points to the conclusion that the results of the 2000 presidential election were inaccurate. Finally, in this year 2024, we need to stay the course, fight the good fight of faith, and keep your eyes on the prize. The world along with the future generations of Americans will be reading the history of what we choose to do this day. So be encouraged As we unite in this cause, America shall remain the land of the free and the home of the brave, a place where we can still proclaim liberty throughout the land. And that's a comforting thought. Until next time for Narrative Wars, I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people sick and tired, so tired.